Welcome to Devils in the Dark with me, Helen Anderson. And me, Danny Howard. We're two best friends entering the world of true crime. We'll be sharing the stories of some of the worst and wildest true crime cases in history and we're taking you along for the ride. In this episode, we're looking at Elizabeth Bathory, the Blood Countess. How are you? I'm great. How are you? No, I'm great. I'm great. It's been very rainy. Very, very rainy over the summer has just not existed. We had a really great May and June and I was living for living it. And I was like, yeah, let's get paddle boards, Danny. I'm going to buy a camper van. This is our year to be summer babes. And then it is just, we didn't buy a paddle board. We've not been back since. And it's just rained the My whole time. Poor team summer pals. Uh, Helen's a convert now, by the way. I heard it. one of our friends in the group chat started to be like, oh, oh, it's only it's only this much. Or was it home bargains that started selling Halloween stuff or Get autumn out. stuff? And Helen was, she got in there before I did. Helen was like, no, it's summer. I need it to stay. I can't stand it. I've I'm never sorry. been so it's, proud of you. Thank you. It's just, it's June. It was June, July time. I don't want to be talking about October right now because I'm enjoying the heat. I'm enjoying the long days. Yeah, it might be raining, but I can still wear shorts and I can still stay up and it still be light at 10 p.m. This I love all that. I've ever wanted to and, hear. And, and I love that the sunrise is early because it means I'm awake and I love getting up early because my days are long and prosperous and fruitful <laughs> and brill. I love being productive and I just feel like winter makes you sleepy, it's dark, it's miserable, and I feel sad. And you know what? I'm really lapping up the extra vitamin D. It makes me feel fucking excellent. And the thought of days being shorter and darker and colder and wetter, I'm not about that. I don't care if it's going to be fall or Halloween and there's going to be pumpkin spice shit. Like, yeah, I'm all about that. I I am about that, but I don't want it. I don't want that anymore. So, all you team spooky bitches... Team, You've lost a member. spooky season. Shun Helen. Helen Anderson. Shun, shun, shun. She's mine now. Come at me. I've infected her with my sunshine yeah. rays. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, literally. Oh, see, look, there it is. It's okay. It's just the creepiness. It's the spooky <laughs> bitches. It's your butt demon. It's the creepy. He's it's not back. actually in the chair. It's just Helen's ass. That's my ass. <laughs> this is what it's come to. We have just... So enmeshed ourselves into the world and into each other that all we have to talk about now is the weather. I know. I did see this thing the other day that was like top seven British phrases or something. And one of them was like, oh, it's raining again. (laughs) (laughs) And then one was like, I think one was like, fuck off or something like that. No way. And then um, what was it? Let me see if I can find it because it was funny. And I was like, yeah. I was watching this skit by this comedian. Mm. And he said, he was talking about how if you say, if you call someone a cunt, like in English, yeah, British, you know, mm-hmm. it's the way you say it has got a big emphasis on how you mean it. So if I go, you're right, cunt, that's friendly. If you go, you're right, cunt, <laughs> <laughs> that's nasty. Yeah. I'm like, that's so true, isn't it's it? true, yeah. Um, do you know, it always gives me the ick what? when anybody with a different accent says dickhead. I feel like, like I've heard an American on American TV shows. Oh, not British someone, accent. Yeah, yeah so got called you. someone a dickhead. 
It was like dickhead. He's a dickhead. And I'm like, no, it's one word. Like you have to mesh it into like one syllable. There's no H. Yeah. And you also have to put so much rage into the like, like it just wasn't aggressive enough. And I feel like dickhead is actually, is such, is it's a good, I love it. I always, I'm a massive dickhead. You're dickhead. You're dickhead. (laughs) Like I'm here for it. It's actually spelled D-I-K-E-D. Dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, and that's one of my top insults. The only other one, twat. We don't really use that on twat. Yeah, we don't really use that on this podcast. I try and I'm I'm I try to make a bit of more of an effort to sort of go away from like lady genitalia insults. Oh yeah, I forget that twat is that. Yeah, so's cunt really. It is, isn't it? Okay. Um, sorry, I, I don't, my mum's going to listen to this. And sorry, I'm already cringing inside. Sorry, Priscilla. <laughs> I'm already cringing inside because I remember I, before I knew cunt was a really bad word, I was just recounting like a time that I'd had in Yeovil with my dad. It was a whole thing. Like we were at a barbecue. Somebody like put a brick through the window and like the police had to be called and this whole thing. And then someone tried to fight my dad. And I just was telling my mum about this. For all the divorced children out there, when you go away for the summer and you come back, you're like, and then this happened, mum, and then this happened, mum. But then I just casually bust out and he was like, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, you fucking cunt. And my mum was like, oh, <laughs> don't say that. And I was like, oh, really? What is it? And she was like, that's a really bad word. That's like the worst one. And I was like, really? And I didn't know because I was like 12. <laughs> and to this day, sometimes, you know, when you're just in the shower and your brain's like, remember when that happened? <laughs> yeah. And I'll still be like, that time I said cunt in front of my mum. <laughs> and now I've just done it loads on a podcast. I'm so sorry, mum. It's all right. Get it out. Get it out. Because in America, they say twat. 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 And once again, you lose the aggression. It loses the, like, the insultiness for me. Because you've got to be like, twat. 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 And I feel like you really have to get the tea at the, if you're really pissed. Twat. Yeah. It's like a snare. <laughs> yeah. And that, oh, oh, she means business. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway. How are we talking about this? Why well, I don't know. How did we even get onto we're this? we completely oh, censored. Oh no God. one's going to be playing yeah, this because it's going to be over. Like, like, beep, like, beep, 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 beep. Right, you can tell me a story then. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not really going to do like a set the scene this time because there's not actually like a scene to set. Okay. I mean, there are scenes, but you'll get it as the story unfolds. I actually was so excited to do this one. As excited as you can be. Because when you, if you... Google her name. I once again. Okay, she's Hungarian. I know that her name isn't actually Elizabeth, but everything says Elizabeth. Like when I, if you even Google, so in Hungarian, her Hungarian name is Erzabet, and if you Google that, it even comes up with Elizabeth. Like everything just says Elizabeth because they've really like they've Britished it. Okay, just stick with Elizabeth. Then. I'm sticking with Elizabeth. There's so today I'm going to butcher Slavic languages. Yeah. You're welcome. What have we done this series? I think I've done Italian and Spanish. You have done French as well. And French. Oh, oh, there's and always... we did German. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had oh, it all. Oh, yeah, I've had you? it all, yeah. So, yeah. you know, just adding this one to the to the mix. I'm Malaysian. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Malaysian. Yeah, I did a bad job with that as well. So, here we go. I tried. I watched a documentary and the guy did it really well. So, I've just written. I didn't even bother trying to write it down how it should actually be spelt. I just wrote it down the way I heard yeah. And then when I was using like text sources, was like, I wonder if that's this one because <laughs> all the letters have little bits and stuff, and I'm scared of it. And I'm just too British with languages. So yeah, there's that. 
things are hard to say. Her name, Elizabeth, we'll call her Elizabeth. You got this. But also, so this is this is a fun, well, it was going to be a fun one because it's, it's a, we're going, we're going way back. Casting your minds way back. To the Middle Ages again. Oh my goodness! Oh, we're going back. We're going far. We're going to the 1500s. My God, this must be the oldest one, this, surely. I think Jeanne de Clisson just since Jeanne it de Clis from okay. season two. The downside, I feel like with Jeanne de Clisson, there was a lot of like set, like this is what happened. Yeah. Whereas this one, I was getting really into it, and I was like, "Fuck, this one is a nightmare. She's awful. This is the worst thing ever." And then when you start actually looking at the sources and when they were and how it all came about, I'll get into it later. I won't ruin it, but it's a fucking mess. So instead of setting the scene, I'm just going to say this. Batori is often proclaimed as the most prolific female serial killer of all time, accused of slaying more than 600 young women inside her lavish castle. What? According to legend... She believed bathing in their virginal blood would grant her oh, eternal youth. She's one of these people. Shit, son. But don't you hear that and you're like, oh, my God. This is going to be intense. It, this other, isn't there like, oh, did they do it on like American Horror Story or something? There is something where someone bathes in blood. Yeah. Forever young. The legend of Elizabeth Batory mm. has sparked so much pop culture. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but I'll go into that. As if this is real. Well. This feels like a fairy tale. I'll go into it and I'll just keep hold on to this like intrigue and joy because I feel like it might die. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. As mine did as I got to the end of the story and I was like, oh. It was all a lie. Right, I'm going to get comfortable. Right. Hang on, because I need to get in my concentrating on your, what you're saying. We'll go back to the start and start from there. That would be a good place to start. The Let's start, start from the very beginning. <laughs> a very good place to start. <laughs> what is that of? Sound of music? Yes, it is. Done too many musicals, don't even know anymore. Okay. Countess Elizabeth Batory de Eshed was born on the 7th of August, 1560, at her family estate, which at the time was in sort of the east of the Kingdom of Hungary in the Principality of Transylvania. And I always think, wow, Transylvania was a real place because it was. And I don't know if it's still it. I don't think it still is. It's weird. So that whole area of sort of Hungary, Austria, Macedonia, like Baker was going to be turning in his chair. Um, when he listens to all of this, that whole area has undergone so many border changes and name changes and things. So I've sort of done my very best to understand it. Mm -hmm. But like there was at this time as well, around the 1500s and 1600s, there was this huge war against the Ottoman Empire. And I'm not entirely sure where they come from, but things were changing all the time. Okay. So at this point, that part was Transylvania. And the rest of it was hungry. Mm -hmm. I don't think throughout her lifetime it all stays as hungry. Okay. During her lifetime, Transylvania also kind of becomes a bit more of its own thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Transylvania, what's it most famous for? Vampires. Exactly. The legend of... Dracula. Vampire. 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 I'll go into that a bit more at the end. It's a thing that it, sort of across the Slavic kind of countries 
the fear of vampires, particularly in the 1800s, really became such a thing that like official documentation was put out about it. Well, vampires like, yeah. existing. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm so interested and terrified because I just think, how did that come from an idea? Yeah. Someone must have seen it or felt like, it. Like, was there felt some it, heard kind it. Of, Yeah, there, or there must have been some kind of factual basis for it yeah. to just come from. And is there actually just an underground web of vampires? Absolutely. And because if there is, I'm scared of it being like Nosferatu-type vampires. Yeah, and not interview than, of a vampire. Yeah, and not interview with a vampire. <laughs> I actually rather like, I'd rather be Twilight because at least you still go out in the sunshine. Yeah, or like um, I would go maybe Vampire Diaries or True Blood. Vampire Diaries they have witches enchant jewelry for them so that they can walk in the sunlight. Oh, um, but if the jewelry if someone takes steals like your ring or your necklace or something, you're gonna burn. Um, yeah, see, I'd still be Twilight because if I was sparkly, I'd be like, well, I just sparkle. Yeah, or like True Blood, they can't go out in the daytime, but everybody knows about them and they have fake blood like synthesized blood that they can drink called true blood and it comes in like bottles so you could go to a bar and be like i'll have a bottle of typo really room temperature yeah and also they true blood has eric the sexiest vampire of all time have they got special powers What's his name eric they are like you know fast and strong but the older the vampire the stronger they are whoa yeah and also in true blood vampire law you stay how you're turned Right. So, like, one of them, this is a spoiler. If you haven't seen it, it's a really old show, so it's your fault, not mine. One of them, she gets turned when she's still a virgin. So every time she has sex, her mm. hymen heals over again. No! <laughs> yeah. What an odd thing! <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, annoying every single time. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So that it, hymen just won't go yeah, away. It hurts every time. Oh, Oh, it make my leg cross. Yeah, hymen. Anyway, that was such a that was such a digression. Like literally from the first sentence. But she was born in the principality of Transylvania, and they lived in Transylvania for a while. So her parents both actually came from the Batori bloodline. So they were actually like blood relatives, and the Batori name and lineage was a long line of nobility they were super powerful like had a lot of influence a couple of the Batories, like elizabeth's cousins would hold the title of prince of transylvania one of her uncles i think became the king of poland by marriage he married the queen of poland cool and there's loads of them so the Batories are just sort of like creeping out like a a web entangling themselves in politics and they're incredibly powerful and the Batori name means something mm -hmm. according to one documentary that i watched the Batori name was translated as good hero because it was given to like the first Batori when he slayed a dragon in like wow yeah, dragons like, and vampires yeah i love it in like it was like the late 1900s or something Ooh. he slayed a dragon mm -hmm. and then was given the last name Batori and that spread through and they were given land and titles and stuff because he was this big hero slayed the dragons so their coat of arms has three dragons in it like the targaryens yeah exactly like the targaryens cool yeah see dragons must have existed as well because if they're saying that he slowed slayed a dragon they've got a bit of witnesses well i just think what if it was lying a, about that kind of well, stuff? Well, no, but what if it wasn't a dragon, but like a pterodactyl that hadn't got caught up in the <laughs> thing? You well, know? Like millions and millions and millions of years prior. Yeah, but at that time, right, could it not be that, okay, the comet 
and epilepsy actually ran through the Batori family line mm -hmm. in places. And then obviously because her parents were sort of quite close blood relatives, mm -hmm. it ran through. But epilepsy at that time wasn't generally accepted as like a pure medical condition. So it would be treated as like the falling sickness. Oh. But actually it was more widely believed that epilepsy was like a moral affliction or oh like, my god or an occult occult affliction like, she was having seizures because she'd been practicing witchcraft oh like, yeah you can imagine was that practicing witchcraft on her. yeah like yeah she's so, been possessed or it was also seen as a sign of madness oh my god so the affliction was kept quiet um oh yeah so they had to sort of like try and hide it oh yeah she's got this but like you know keep it behind closed doors type mm -hmm. thing i was reading i don't know how much truth there is to this but one of the things i was reading said that epilepsy at the time, treatments for epilepsy included, and this is relevant, this isn't another tangent, treatments included rubbing blood of a non-sufferer on the lips of the epileptic person or giving the epileptic person a mix of a non-sufferer's blood and a piece of their skull as, what? The, as the seizure ended. That's very bizarre. Yeah, but it kind of fits with this kind of like medieval gothic you know mm -hmm. like so i don't know i don't know if that's actually true mm -hmm. but it fits and i quite like the narrative that it presents so that's mad yeah so if that is true mm. it kind of it does make a bit of sense because her childhood was actually quite a juxtaposition anyway like she's supposed to be she's being brought up and educated to be this genteel noble woman mm -hmm. you know seen but not heard too much but mm -hmm. if she is heard she can speak several languages mm -hmm. you know the the epitome of grace and decorum uh, yes and loveliness if the portraits are any are actually like in any way accurate mm -hmm. if the portraits are in any way accurate she was quite beautiful as well okay. but the middle ages the medieval times mm. were fucking violent yeah like, they were dark and so especially if they're feeding blood to people who are having seizures so she was sort of brought up in this incredibly violent time there was always wars going on but just generally sort of like violent gory punishments were doled out to people committing crimes or even people who weren't committing crimes like it was quite commonplace to whip servants oh my god not doing what you wanted or in the way that you wanted and she would have seen all of this because she was part of the nobility mm -hmm. yeah so she would have been exposed to that kind of like sort of violence quite from a very young age like just going around her castle seeing servants being whipped punched slapped mm -hmm. whatever as an example of medieval punishments at the time it would have been acceptable for limbs to be removed for being arrested for theft what like to have your ha ha arm cut off Oh my god! Off. If you're accused of witchcraft, it was the general punishment was to be drowned or burned alive. Oh my god! If you were convicted of treason or suspected of treason, they would be all kinds of like especially brutal torture. There was one man sort of in the vicinity who had tried to leave like a, re lead like a rebel uprising in Hungary, and his punishment was he was put. There was I did have names and dates, but I'm not gonna lie. There was so much information that it wouldn't all go in my brain. Mm. And I didn't know how to say his name at all. So I just left it. He was put upon a burning throne. Mm. So like a chair, metal chair that was heated by fire underneath. Wow. And then he had to wear a heated iron crown. Yeah. Or metal crown. Oh my God. On his head. So that was all being heated and he was being burned by those. And then he was forced to watch his brother who had helped him be dismembered. Fuck. 
Yeah. Whilst I sat on this throne with the crown, also whilst being sort of poked and prodded and sort of torn at with heated pliers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then his co-conspirators, the people who had been caught with him, mm. were forced to eat his sort of cooked skin no as it had been peeled off no peeled uh, off and while he was alive oh my god yeah, with these heated pliers and if they said no they're not gonna do that mm. they would then be faced like forced to face like their own sort of brutal fuck murders yeah so like there's dark fucking dark shit medieval shit man like, that's I why mean, they call it medieval yeah like, that like, is medieval shit gone, because it is the worst yeah i mean if you've ever been to the london dungeons Oh, we had a great the time York there. Dungeons. We had a good time there, didn't we? Yeah, we had a great time there. But you've, you'll see some of the other stuff they did. Like the one that always sticks me, with me is when they used to put rats in a bucket. On yeah. top and leave oh, it on top and then they bend and they yeah, bury and into the bucket you. so that the rats Ugh. would eat their way out. I do love a bit of and torture it all museum. Happened, though. It's very interesting, but just so it's just fucked. Isn't it? Why would yeah. they? Who even thought about this stuff? Yeah, and so I mean that all sounds like really wild. You know, obviously that would only saved for treasonous people and stuff but on a local level elizabeth's family would have been responsible for sort of determining those punishments seeing out those punishments and they'd all happened publicly most of them so and even if they weren't because she was part of the nobility that sort of was in control of the area Mm -hmm. she'd have been exposed to all of that as well so i think she became quite desensitized to brutality and extreme violence from a young age and i think when you're seeing it all at that time you know, quite commonly, it has less of a shine. So at the age of 10, Elizabeth was engaged to Count Ferenc II Nadazda, I think, nice. <laughs> to, yes. further the re- to further the reach of the family's power. And as was custom at the time, she was sent to live with her intended family at their castle in Savar, Savar, which was in West Hungary, closer to the Austrian border. Mm. And it's now known as Nadashda mm. Castle. She was sent to go live with them um, until they were married, which is quite a long time because they weren't actually married until she was 15. Oh. Yeah. So or some sources say 13. Okay. Either way, she was young, but she'd been sent over a few years before. A rumour circulated after her death that during this time she'd had a relationship with a lower status man in the town and had his child whoa yeah and it's also at that age yeah it's also rumored that don't forget it's middle ages so everything happened while they were really young because they didn't yeah uh, somebody did correct me about the lifespans it's also rumored that her intended husband at the time count ferenc found out about obviously i should imagine when Mm -hmm. you know she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and had the man castrated and thrown to a pack of hungry dogs to be torn apart whilst he was alive oh my god (laughs) what about her she didn't get punished no well she was noble and i think this goes to talk if it is true Mm -hmm. there's nothing to substantiate it because there's no evidence of the child if there was a child they think it like rumored to be a girl that the child was either murdered or just disappeared Okay. Like taken away, given away to someone and with no claims, you know, to kind of like hush it up. Mm -hmm. If it did happen, that really is a testament to the actual power of the Batori family, because if they were still able to push that through, Mm -hmm. like with her sort of her tarnished reputation. Yeah. I put that in quote marks, but there's no sort of like factual evidence to substantiate those claims in terms of like letters or anything Mm -hmm. there's lots of letters around you know glorifying like the chastity and virginity of elizabeth and how 
you know, what a glorious, gentle, noble woman she was. She is virginal in every way and, yeah. and wonderful. Who knows? But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Elizabeth and Frank were married in 1575. Mm. Yes, on the 8th of May, 1575. So she had to be 15. Yeah. The marriage resulted in like a huge amount of land being combined because Count Frank had a massive estate, well, loads of estates. They were a big deal, the Nadazdas. Mm-hmm. And Count Frank had a lot of estates on the route to Vienna. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth had the Batoria estates, like her own Batoria estates as well. So they were combined and they became this huge power couple. Yeah. They went on to have several children, but it's not clear how many. Okay. Definitely at least three right. who survived to sort of adult age. Okay. Possibly five, possibly more. Mm-hmm. I've seen the names of five children, but other sources only talk about three. Anna, Catalina and Pal. But yeah, it's possible that she they could have had a lot more, but if they died sort of in infancy or like were stillborn, they might not have been recorded at all. Okay. So their records might not have been survived. But yeah, so she had this big they they had a big family and um but the children were raised by governesses, partly because that's how Elizabeth had been raised, mm-hmm. but also partly because she was busy managing her husband's estate as well as her own estates because Frank was off at war. She'd be in boss. Off and off at war. Boss bitch lady. Yeah. So she also took on his business affairs and apparently she was really quite successful. She'd been well educated and she was headstrong, so she mm-hmm. was quite domineering and she was doing a good job of managing everything. Good. At the time apparently if landowners or estate owners did something wrong like or there were thefts or cruelty or anything Mm -hmm. then letters of complaint would be written i can't find out to who where do these letters of complaint go but what for like for what so uh, there is it just sort of said in this document in these documentaries i watched a couple of documentaries and you know obviously like online resources Mm mm-hmm but it just says no letters of complaint were found. And at the time, if there was thefts, cruelty, assaults, that kind of thing, letters of complaint would be written. And there was no letters of complaint for the Bathory or Nadajda estates at that time. So it's ah, considered, so things were like considered well. that she was like, you know, she was doing a good job of taking care oh, of cool. her, taking care of her people. Right. Because they weren't stealing from each other. Okay. And, and no one was felt without. Yeah. Cool. In theory. Right. I also think if they're that powerful, surely they could have made them go away. Yeah. Um, that letter doesn't exist. Yeah. So Neither do you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you complain? Yeah. Go to the wolves. Ferenc, her husband, was known to be a brave and courageous leader whilst at war, but he was also known for his cruelty, particularly to Ottoman prisons, prisoners of war. Right. Who he would torture and mutilate. It's even been recorded that he was playing catch with the severed heads of some prisoners that had died under torture. Like, he's a cruel man, and he'd been brought up to be cruel. It was also sort of... There's also claims that Elizabeth had been taught to be cruel Mm -hmm. from her family. There's rumours that her Aunt Clara introduced her to orgies and shadowy groups of people that were known to be sorcerers and witches and stuff. There's also claims that she had an uncle who sort of introduced her to the, like sadism mm-hmm. and vampirism. Ooh. But that's the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, there's just a lot of cruelty around as well. And like I said before, it was really commonplace to sort of like beat servants. And it's quite similar to Madame LaLaurie. Okay. Where 
there wasn't really many laws around like servant mm-hmm. keeping mm-hmm. and you could essentially do whatever you liked to your servants mm-hmm. but if you murdered them mm-hmm. there was a small fine okay yeah sure and that money would be paid to their victims families right. as like recompense oh sorry your loved one was murdered by their owner so here's a is a pound yeah yeah yeah, God. yeah, and there's all these sort of rumours and claims that they were quite cruel and horrible. But he came back from war for mm-hmm. Enk and taught Elizabeth the torture me- methods that he used and advised would advise her on inhumane punishments for their servants mm-hmm. and people that they were sort of taking care of. For instance, one of these punishments, which is widely reported when it comes to... Elizabeth is that she had a girl restrained and covered in honey and then left to be ravaged by insects what yeah and there's also reports that they put little bits of oil paper between her toes and set them on fire while she was covered in honey and being eaten by insects you know what I just feel like these people they didn't have a lot going on they didn't have a lot to do right so they just sort of sat around the dinner table what's really fucking horrible like what's the worst thing you can think of that you could you know do yeah, well, do you know what? I'm going to just right. put oil on some paper, yeah, and set it on fire and put it between people's toes. Oh, yeah, that'd be shit, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'll write that one down. Save that one. Like, yeah, who thinks of this and why? Yeah. Yeah, like... Do you know, you know like, those, oh, do you you know know those like, games where it's like, would you rather eat a bucket of poo or... Um, it, <laughs> or drink a pint of piss or yeah. get pooed on by a whale you know what I mean like, and then and then you decide which is the worst they did that with like down the table would you rather sit on a bed of nails and have an elephant sit on top of you or get covered in honey and eaten by ants yeah like uh. yeah and like I don't know if you ever accidentally like stood in an ant's nest or whatever but those fuckers burn do they well, when they bite you, like ants particularly, like right. certain types of ants, if they bite you, yeah, it just like it burns and it's really itchy. And I just, I for me... That. I've never been bitten by an ant. Oh, uh, I've been places. There was one, I was a massive ant, and I don't know if that was Australia or if that was Trinidad, but it left like a visible hole. Oh my God, what, yeah. in, your, in your skin? Yeah. Really From hurt. one ant bite? One ant, yeah. And one mm. time... My mum was making me and my sister take a picture mm. in my grandmum's garden in Trinidad. I didn't realise we were standing in a massive ant's nest. No. We were covered in ants. No. <laughs> I, was like, I was like nine at the time or something. Oh. I panicked. I, I was holding my sister. I put my sister down and ran away. No. Just left her in the yeah. ants. <laughs> Sorry, Leanne. <laughs> my mum was like, you've left her. <laughs> I was like, to run back and get her. Oh, poor <laughs> we Leanne. We just covered in covered ants. ants. Yeah, sorry, Leanne. That was my fault. But yeah, so there was just cruel, not just cruel, but unusual punishments. And he won, supposedly he brought her a gift back from war once, which was a clawed glove, like a black bear paw. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. And she loved it and she would use it when she was beating her servants. So like to like claw them. Fuck. And stuff. So you're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Until you hear what she was using it for. And you're like, oh God, that's savage. That's so savage. Yeah, so she had a bear claw that she would beat her servants with. But also, apparently she was quite volatile. And this is also noted that it's a possible side effect of the seizures and epilepsy that she had these very violent mood swings as well. But I think it's also just there's the rumours of all just being around all this cruelty and taught to be cruel. That she'd respond to sort of small errors like or like any signs of laziness in her staff or mistakes like would still be met with extreme violence. Like she was known for 
pushing needles under their fingernails. Oh my god! If they made mistakes or like she'd even break bones, like you know, fucking hell, be beaten. So it's just odd. Like yeah. there's just a lot of cruelty. There's also reports that while she was at Nadajda Castle, there was a servant Darvulia who tended to Elizabeth and eventually became her confidant and like good friend, mm-hmm. who taught her everything that she knew about inflicting pain. Oh my god! And that other servants were claiming that Lady Elizabeth became crueler and crueler after the arrival of this Darvulia lady. And then that's just sort of it. You know, they're sort of known for being cruel, but there's just these tales of cruelty Mm. to her staff until the early 1600s when she started a gynoseum. That was an ancient Greek thing. Mm. And a gynoseum would be a place where ladies would go and be able to live sort of separately from men. Okay, good. Because I was thinking... What is she doing to vaginas? Yeah, but no. So in this sense of the word, the gynoseum, it was still a women's quarter, like, you know, women's quarters, but it was a place where she brought people to, brought women to learn etiquette and skills, you know, becoming of a noble lady. They'd they'd learn to dance, they'd learn needlepoint, they'd learn music and stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, almost like an etiquette school. And they'd live there and have a lovely time. But they'd still, like, they wouldn't only live there. They'd Mm -hmm. have sort of, like, Rome of the castle and things like that. Right. Which sounds nice. And it sort of makes sense because, you know, I've already spoken about Elizabeth. She knew at least four languages. She'd married, like, a count. And he, you know, they were extremely powerful. She came from this long, powerful lineage. And so she was an obvious choice for people of lesser nobilities to send their daughters to. Mm -hmm. And she was, like, luring these women in like young girls aged between like 10 and 14 Mm -hmm. she just seemed like an obvious choice a great choice to teach these things um with the hopes of these lesser nobles then being really desirable and and marriageables to help boost other families status type thing so on the outside seems like a lovely thing it said that she actually sort of started luring these girls to her gynoseum to torture them because she'd sort of run out of local like servants and local women to do that to. Mm-hmm. It's also rumoured that she had a torture chamber sort of built. Women started to die. Young girls, like the girls started to die in the gynoseum. There were numerous deaths of women under her care and it began to draw suspicion from local priests. Right. Because there was rumours of starvation and strange illnesses and disappearances circling around the gynoseum. Mm -hmm. But then quite a number of bodies were brought to the local church to be buried. Mm -hmm. And the priests, at first, Elizabeth said that there'd been a cholera outbreak. Right. And so people were dying of cholera. Yeah. I guess at the time that was quite, you know, not an Mm uncommon thing to be heard of, particularly when people are living in close quarters like that. But the frequency of these bodies turning up, as well as the number of them, was sort of drawing suspicion. And she wouldn't let the priests examine their bodies. Oh, um, okay. They could look at their faces, but she wouldn't let them see anything else. So they were just to be buried. And they were buried properly. But these suspicions started to sort of circulate into rumours, and those rumours spread a bit. But because she was her husband was such a powerful person, and she was sort of protected by her name and his name, and he was known for also being very cruel as well. Mm. Nobody actually formally like accused her of doing anything. Okay. You're torturing women. You're doing this. Mm-hmm. Until he, Count Frank, died 
Right. In... 1604, on the 4th of January, 1604. They'd been married for nearly 30 years. Christ, that's quite good going. I think that's quite like good that. going, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she only had one husband and, mm. you know, we don't often, we no. just don't often hear about that anyway. Yeah, we don't, and everyone's of, getting married and murdering, aren't they? Yeah, regardless. So I don't know if they actually loved each other, but I think they definitely sort Put of... up of each other, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they definitely had, like, some kind of relationship. He had a debilitating disease that came from, and it started with radiating pains in his legs. Okay. He was able to sort of put his affairs in order before he did die. He left his wife and his heirs under the care of a man called Gregory Terzo, who was a Hungarian magnate. Magnate. Uh, yeah. But Elizabeth was sort of left to run the estates, her estates, the Nadajda estates, and take care of the land still. So she was still very much in charge. But, you know, women in the Middle Ages needed a man. Yeah. To kind of keep them free. Yeah, so she didn't have to marry him or anything, and she was able to sort of remain a widow. But after Ferenc's death, mm. the rumours kept circling and eventually became accepted as truth. In 1610, six years after he died, it's reported that she moved to a remote castle in Chater. Okay. I think is how it's said. Are these castles still there? Yeah. People can go to them. Cool. So I think Chater is actually in Slovakia right now. Cool. Yeah, there's museums. There's N- the Nadajda Castle you can visit. That'd be so cool. There's a whole thing. If you Google it, this is a really big hole you can fall down, and I'm sure I'm not doing it nearly enough justice, but I'll, I'll expand on why soon. Mm-hmm. So she moved to this castle because it's in quite a remote part of the country and it's difficult to get to. Okay. So in the winter months, it sort of, almost becomes cut off and so she'd be protected for a certain amount of time right it's sort of reported that she moved there to evade the possibility of being arrested for a while okay as these rumors sort of escalated and it's also rumored that she had a torture chamber purposefully built in that castle but chamber. right the builders that are coming in building the torture chamber ain't any of them gonna well chat? castles have dungeons anyway yes don't they yes. so i don't think that there would actually be that much that needed to be but done. someone has to help her install this stuff well she has money and power and status and servants but so someone can easily let the rumor slip or by the way i've been working in our castle don't tell anyone right i've been working up at the castle there's some fucked up shit being installed in there so but don't did, yeah but you i didn't hear this from me don't forget it was quite common for violent punishment to be required so i don't think if certain equipment is being delivered or put somewhere or brought to a place particularly a castle particularly for somebody with that kind of status it wouldn't necessarily no, be tied to yeah. okay she's going to use that to torture people that's going to be used for what it's intended to which is for torturing people for a reason rather than just because rather than that's messed up it's yeah like, oh like now I'm- if somebody ordered like a human-shaped box with loads of spikes in it like somebody would probably answer some questions yeah or maybe not i don't know i'm scared of the dark web but yeah so i don't think it was that extreme uh thing to have done okay but also don't forget this is all just rumors so she was there and then also in 1610 a formal investigation into elizabeth's rumored crimes was launched by the archduke of austria matthias ii Okay. Statements were taken against Elizabeth in these rumours and by 1611, over 300 had been collected. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So on the 31st of December, 1612, mm-hmm. Elizabeth was arrested 
by Gregory Terzo, the man who'd been entrusted with her care. Um, oh. He'd been instructed by Matthias II to go arrest her. And along with four of her servants, oh my gosh. they were arrested for torturing and murdering young women between 1590 and 1610. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So T- Terzo wrote a letter to his wife saying that she was arrested before they found any bodies mm-hmm. or evidence. Mm-hmm. But he also claimed that he caught her red-handed whilst she was torturing someone. and she Quite was, literally so, red-handed. So, yeah, so the rumour, yeah, circulated. she was caught covered in blood torturing a girl who was used as living prey and a dead girl was uh, you know with a dead girl in the room oh my god as well but nobody actually asked this girl what happened to her but what actually happened is that she was eating dinner dinner she was having a bit of a dinner party because it was new year's eve and that was it she decided (laughs) to have a bit of fun yeah so she was arrested whilst having a dinner oh my god there's a lot of rumors terzo had a lot to gain from Elizabeth's downfall because he's entrusted as her carer, mm-hmm. keeper. Mm-hmm. So if anything happens to her, he has a good claim on her estates. Right. And he also has this burgeoning political career and it would do wonders for that to, you know, he yeah. arrested Elizabeth Batory. Okay. There was two trials where witnesses during the trials, there was only like second-hand accounts. I heard that this happened. I heard that this happened. Some were able to, like, you know, oh, my daughter so-and-so went to this gynecium and she died. But, you know, some would say that they saw evidence of torture on the bodies during burial, but none could say, like, that I actually saw this happen or someone told me, you know, it's all hearsay and rumours, essentially. There were three first-hand witness accounts. Two came from court officials who had said that they'd seen Elizabeth torture and kill servants and that there was, like one of the servants would have like extremely burned hands but no explanation like oh i burned them doing this or anything it was so there was no clarity as to was she actually was that an evidence of torture or had she just had a horrible accident yeah the third first hand account came from an injured girl who had been part of the court and who said that the countess had hurt her arm right now i think it's important to note here that later during the trial, or like as she was had to, as her testimonies were recorded, how her arm had been hurt by Elizabeth changed. Okay. And she was, after the trials, she had been paid 50 gold pieces, 15 pounds of wheat, and was given a small farm. Wow. Which now casts a bit of doubt yeah. onto her testimony. That seems convenient. Yeah, it does. Um, it was also reported by a servant girl who gave testimony that she'd heard from one of the court officials that he'd seen in a book, one of Elizabeth's like records, that she'd tortured and killed over 650 victims. Fuck. That's just so many. Yeah, but the court official that she said that she'd heard it off never actually included that in his testimony. Right. And this diary or book was never presented to the court, never actually showed up. So that number's been put out there, but there's never, ever actually been any evidence to support that number. And because no physical evidence was ever presented during the trials, it's very difficult to know whether Elizabeth was actually guilty. Because also, Elizabeth never stood trial. She never stood trial. So the four servants that were arrested with her, two of the servants confessed to the crimes they were accused of like for assisting right. and committing the crimes. Yeah. Two servants confessed while under torture. God. And they had their fingernails ripped out with red hot pincers and then were burned alive. Oh. One 
of the servants, it's thought because he was quite young and he was also a male, um, <laughs> he was just beheaded. Okay. And then burned alive on the same pyre as the other two. Yeah. And then a fourth. Better not burned servant, alive though. No, he was already dead, but he'd been beheaded yeah. first. So, you know, he 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 got lucky. Yeah. The fourth servant tried to escape. They accused her of witchcraft and then burned her alive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In modern examination of the case, mm-hmm. those testimonies aren't considered to be relevant because they were made under extreme duress. Right. So in a modern take of what's been reported, none of it can actually be taken as true. Okay. There's no evidence. Because there's no evidence at all that right. any of this happened. But supposedly, under uh, you know, during the extreme torture that these servants were undergoing before they were very brutally killed, they confessed that Elizabeth was terrible and she'd done all these things that they were accusing her of. These rumours included using hot tongs, needles and freezing water to harm young girls under her care and her servants. They said that she would took such pleasure in the acts that she would use her teeth to tear the skin off her victims oh. and that she would bathe in the blood of the younger victims to try and retain her youth. Oh, my fucking Lord. Yeah. Elizabeth turned around and was like, I didn't do that. They had cholera and died. Like, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. And then said the servants, it was the servants. They were out of control and their sadistic ways. She couldn't control them and she was scared of them. Because they were doing these terrible things. She wasn't allowed to witness the trial of the four servants. Mm -hmm. It sort of happened in like a, like she, it would sort of, things would come to her and she'd be able to sort of like reply. Right. Basically. Because that was the noblewoman's entitlement. Okay. But like she never actually stood trial for the crimes stood against her. So she never stood trial. Her son and Powell and two son-in-laws negotiated with the court and the king against because if she was convicted of the crime and killed she wouldn't have like her will would not be enforceable Um, or anything so the crown would just take all of her stuff estates and stuff which is a considerable amount amount. and they managed to negotiate it so that the batori estate would not go to the crown Mm. And that Elizabeth would be placed under strict house arrest in her remote castle in Chater. Oh. And the king agreed to this right. afterwards. She was taken to Chater, where this Gregory Terzo guy just really obviously doesn't like her very much. He wrote that she was kept in a bricked up room. Whoa. Which makes no sense and is just categorically untrue. She had bodyguards, like, watching yeah. her. Why would you watch someone in a bricked up room? Also, how did she get fed? Yeah, there was maybe like a small hole. Yeah. So she was actually just kept confined to the house so that she was able to live. And so she just basically was able to live in the same luxury that she was brought up with. But she couldn't leave the house or the grounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she stayed under house arrest until she died in August 1614. It's only like two years of being under house arrest. She was in her 50s. It's like lockdown then. Yeah. (laughs) But she was buried in the graveyard at the Chater Church and... Her body actually had to be moved because the villagers had such an uproar mm-hmm. about being having a serial killer be buried amongst them and their loved ones. So her final resting place, her body was moved and nobody's actually really sure where it is. Oh, okay. So it's assumed to be deep in like the Batori family crypt somewhere. Mm-hmm. But where they thought she was buried, the crypt was opened and it was empty. 
so nobody actually knows where her body is and that sort of seems to be the story of elizabeth patori she did these horrible things and was never brought up for them until you look further into it Okay. There's now a huge amount of suspicion and sort of reason to believe that there was conspiracy against Elizabeth. There was a lot to gain from her being convicted of these things. Okay. I don't think it's disputed that she was cruel. Right. But that the bathing in the blood and the all of this all They're seems all a bit... folk tales. They're all yeah. just like Chinese whispers. To go back, her husband had lent Matthias II a huge sum of money. Mm. to go to war with mm-hmm. i think or it was either him or no it wasn't matthias ii it was whoever ruled before him and he inherited that debt mm-hmm. and after frank died elizabeth had tried to collect on that debt a few times and matthias was like no i can't pay that yet it was a huge sum of money so it does seem very convenient and sort of in his benefit that either she's arrested and put in prison or killed so that he never has to pay this debt as it works out they negotiated that she could just stay under house arrest as long as the debt was cancelled oh oh so money was a huge reason but also we've already established that gregory terzo had a lot to gain in terms of power and status from her going away and there's just a few different parties that would have really benefited from her being this huge villain okay and she was obviously this headstrong good at business she had no man she was just doing her own thing mm-hmm. now under modern scrutiny scrutiny it's actually deemed more likely that she never did any of those things and it was all a conspiracy against her the other thing that happens is when you actually look at the sources and the written accounts of what happened all these written accounts of what she did how people reacted, what she did, Mm -hmm. like the bathing in the blood. I keep coming back to that because that was the main sticking point for me when I started looking into this. Like, oh my God, that's crazy. The first written report accounts of what happened and the story of Elizabeth, Mm. they didn't appear until like the 1700s. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the official, the actual reports from the trial weren't published until 1817. So that's like 150 years after it happened. So... In that time between these actual documents coming out and people writing about it, there's been so much time for rumours to just build and legends to be established and stories get told and she did this and she did this and she was actually a vampire and she's related to Dracula. (laughs) And like... She sleeps upside down. And all of these things. And so until there was... By the time that there was actually any facts to sort of corroborate these against, it was too late. It's gone too far. It's been too widely reported and this sort of snowballed into this whole thing. So actually, by the time we get to the end of this, which is now, and you do your research and you're going to think this story is mad and Dan, you've not told it very well, so I'm going to go out and research myself. This is essentially an episode where I've just told you this whole long story and now I can say, but none of it probably happened. Yeah. The end. Mad. What? Disappointing. You, Not disappointing because you don't really want to have to You cheated us. About, yeah, you don't really want to think about all these horrible, awful things happening. That was a story. It probably isn't true. Is <laughs> <laughs> the end. And I was just like, so I got, and also one of these documentaries, fuck, it was long. And there's, he go, oh, he was just, because there was a lot, he went into a lot about the different changes of the borders and all the power players and stuff. And it was interesting, but I couldn't put all of that in this episode. And also it just, it made my brain too flat. It was just not 
enough. So I went through all of this and I read through and none of it's fucking real, most likely. <laughs> Are you joking? And then I was like, should we even do the episode? Because I just done all and I was like, well, I've done it now. Done I've it. done it. So yeah, we're doing it. So here you are, everybody. Have this story. It might not be true. I'm sorry. <laughs> In fact, it's probably not true. I'm sorry, but there you go. Now we know. So the most prolific female serial killer of all time, and it's all a fucking lie. <laughs> you're welcome Uh. i'd be interested to know what you think and what you know because i bet if you live in slovakia or hungary or austria you've probably grown up with these legends of elizabeth the the batori family or whatever and so it'd be nice to not read like a westernized you know sort of romanized englishized version of it but there you go there you go the end there you go the fairy tale is over (laughs) next time on devils in the dark with me helen anderson and me, Danny Howard. We are going to be looking at Izzy Sagawa, the Kobe cannibal. And guess what? It's the last one of the series. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Ooh, ah. Subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure you never miss an episode of Devils in the Dark. And don't forget, you can find us on Instagram at Devils in the Dark. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please do check out the description for lots of helpful resources. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry for wasting your time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.